Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Oh, man. Awesome. God is good. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and pray. Father, just thank you so much. God, we thank you that we can laugh and that joy comes from heaven and that in your kingdom there's righteousness, peace, and joy and that we experience a whole lot of joy in your kingdom. And So God, we just pray, God, for just uh, open hearts today to receive from you, God. In fact, let's just do this. We like to do this sometimes. Just put your hand in your heart and just, just a simple prayer. Just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm open to your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Man, still laughing about those pictures. The one with the chip is like, oh my goodness. That's, this is crazy. Yeah, the wall is, is coming down. The wall is coming down. And, and thanks to all who have uh, contributed toward that. We have such a, a generous and giving church. We've already raised about half of the funds. And uh, if you haven't given toward it yet, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider giving. Um, we want to see if we can get that done real soon, especially before the conference. Um, we are expanding, and uh, I know that God is going to come through and that we're going to have more than we need. Amen? And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, the Supernatural Life Conference uh, with Chris Kildosher and Levi Hug. These two guys are absolutely amazing guys. And just by coincidence, they actually went to BSSM together. So they did all three years uh, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry together. And so they know each other. They're actually friends. And so when they found out they're both coming, they're like, this is amazing. We haven't seen each other in like two years. And so they're going to spend some time together. And these guys, um, the two things they both have in common, or one thing that they both have in common is that at a young age, like both in their late teens, they just gave everything to the Lord. They just, Lord, I give you everything. And they've been just seeking God passionately since very young in their life. And these guys are revivalists. They're just like, they live this culture of revival. And, and if you wonder what a revivalist is, well, first of all, it's just knowing that revival is not a meeting. And it's not something that we do every year, but revival is something that we can actually live in. We can actually live in revival, and revival starts here inside our heart. Amen? So revival starts inside of us, and any, any one of us here can be a revivalist. It's, it starts in our own heart, just letting God revive us, spending time in his presence, and then it comes from the inside out. And so God, there's a, a verse I really love, uh, Psalm 85, 6. It says, will you not yourself revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Will you not yourself, God, revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? God wants to continually revive your heart. Revival's not a meeting. It's a continual thing that God does in our heart, and he's raising us up to have revival everywhere we go, and we can see revival. So the message today is entitled Presence and Rest. Presence and Rest. This is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about. He's been speaking to me about presence and rest. One time the Lord spoke to me and said, all that I'm going to do through you is going to be born out of presence and rest. All that I'm going to do through you is going to be born from presence and rest. God can't work through strife. 
stress, anxiety, and performance. God's not going to work through those things. He works through that place connected in the vine, what John 15 talks about. It says, abide, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So everything that flows from heaven is from that place of presence and rest. Amen. God works through righteousness, peace, and joy. God works through the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are things that God works through. I've had moments of, of anxiety and fear, and I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. I can't work through those things, Daniel. You got to come out of the fear, come out of the anxiety. I work through love. I work through joy. I work through peace. I work through patience. And those things are a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we don't enter into those things by trying hard. Those are a fruit of the spirit of, of being in that place of presence, being in that place of being connected with Jesus Christ. Automatically, we're going to experience and see the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. They're a fruit, much like a great example is a husband and wife. If you're intimate enough and circumstances are normal, you're going to bear children. Right? And actually, intimacy in marriage is beautiful. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And through that is fruit comes. Amen? So just in the same way, the fruit of the Spirit being with Jesus, spending that time in his presence, the fruit of the Spirit flows out of us, and it's not something that we try to conjure up. You can't love people the way that Christ loves people apart from being in his presence. Amen? I've had people that I'm like, God, I don't know how I can get over this, 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 this hard thing, this offense. And in my own strength, it's impossible. Trying hard to love someone, impossible. Coming into the presence of God and letting it be birthed through me, through Christ, not hard at all. Not hard at all. So God is working through us. And he's going to use those vehicles. He's going to use righteousness, peace, and joy. And he's going to use the fruit of the Spirit. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30, says, Come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And Jesus goes on to say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is our starting place to accomplish anything with Jesus. This is our starting point, coming to Jesus from a place of presence and rest. This is where we begin to accomplish anything for the Lord. Amen. God can't bless works born out of stress and striving. He's not going to put his blessing on, on works of the flesh and stress and striving. If he did, we would mistakenly believe that that's how he works. Like if I strive hard enough, if I stress out enough, if I'm anxious enough, if I'm working enough, doing all the, checking all the boxes, then God shows up. But God's too good to do that. He's like, no, that's not what this whole deal is about. This deal is not about you working hard enough to earn something from me. This whole deal is about relationship. The Christian life is about being with Jesus. 
being in his presence and letting him flow through you, there is nothing you can do apart from presence and rest. This is what the Christian life is about. We see this from the very beginning. This is why God created Adam and Eve, to be with them. He walked with them in the cool of the garden. And we know that that was broken when sin entered the world, but Jesus came and he restored us back to the Father. And once again, we're back to our primary purpose of being with God. The veil was torn so that we could have direct connection with the Father. And in this place of presence is where everything is birthed. And in that place, it's fun. It's not hard work. I'm all about hard work. Let's, let's work hard, but let's do it from a place of presence and rest where I know what God is showing me to do, and I'm not striving outside of that. We can accomplish so much more from that place of presence and rest, and it becomes this adventure with the Father. Amen. Are you guys okay this morning? Being a Christian is about having a relationship with your heavenly father. You were created for a relationship. This is why we're here. This is why we're here on planet earth, to connect with our father, to connect with the son, Jesus, and to connect with each other. How do we know that primary, one of the primary objectives is to connect with each other? Because God created man and, and man had God, right? And God said, this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. I'm gonna create him a partner. So the primary purposes that we're created for are to have relationship with the Father and have relationship with each other. This is why we're here, not to strive to please God, but to connect with him. And out of that, the good works come. It's a fruit of being with the Father. If we embrace the mindset of works-driven Christianity, we just end up with really long to-do lists and a lot of striving. Been there. I've, in fact, this message today, I'll just out myself right now. I've messed this up so many times. I've been working and striving and trying to breathe my Bible more. And like, you know, if you get in this place of workspace Christianity, it's like if you read your Bible for an hour, you should have read for two. If you prayed for a half an hour, you should have read, you should have prayed for an hour. You just, you can never do enough. You can never measure up. But it's like so many times I've messed this up and, and got busy with doing my own thing, which I thought was the good thing to do. And God just slows me down and says, I'm not going to work through you that way, Daniel. I'm not going to work through you in this place of striving and trying hard. Everything's going to be birthed from presence and rest. Sometimes we believe a lie that productivity is this to-do list and accomplishing this to-do list. When sometimes the most productive thing is just being in his presence. It's actually causing us to be more productive in our life when we're just coming into his presence. God doesn't want us to get to heaven and, and show him what we accomplished on the list. God, look what I did for you. He's like, yeah, but all I really wanted you to do was be with me. This is why you're here, to be with Jesus, to know Jesus. And then ministry is easy. Ministry flows out of you from that place of rest. Man, I've been in this area too of striving to do ministry feeling discouraged if I pray for someone and they're not healed. God, what, what am I doing? I'm trying hard, God. I'm saying the right <laughs> He's like, it's about presence and rest. And those things just happen. We see accidental healings. We've seen people healed in worship when nobody prayed for them. And God's like, see how easy this is? It's not about you striving. It's about presence. God's good. He loves us. What a good God. He just wants relationship with us. 
Some of us have this picture of God. It's like that he's wanting us to work. And he's like, you got to earn, earn it, work hard. And he's like, no, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes the most productive thing we can do is just sit down and rest in his presence. Now, in that place of rest, ideas flow from heaven. God has, he knows more about the industry that you're in than the smartest person in your industry. He has the secrets of Facebook. We're doing Facebook marketing right now for our conference. And it occurred to me this week, I'm like, wait a minute, God knows exactly how to do this. Way better than Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) God's smarter than Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook. He knows your industry inside and out. So in this place of rest, this is where we get solutions, strategies, answers for business, for marriage, for personal struggles, for family issues. This is where he gives us those answers and direction and guidance and strategies in that place of rest with him. So, so many times I've been in this thing of striving and I'm like, I can't figure it out. And God's like, oh, finally you came to that conclusion. Come over here. I have the answer. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, duh. Sorry, God. You know the answer. Strategies are given in that place of rest, and it's fun. It's enjoyable, and it flows out of peace. Then even, even carrying them out is joyful. It's fun. We get to do this adventure with God when we're just in that place of presence and rest. So God wants to give each one of you kingdom strategies, but it will only come from that place of presence and rest with the Lord. How many people have heard of George Washington Carver? A few? Yeah, what a great story. He was a black man who was born into slavery in 1860, and his thirst for learning eventually led him to receive a master's degree in botany. That was his thing. He loved plants. And George was a fervent believer who would regularly ask God questions and expect God to answer. He started, there's a story of him when he's five. He's like, he came to his dad and he says, what he asked, I can't remember what the question was, but his dad's like, I know. And he goes, he goes, does God know? And his dad said, yeah. And he said, I'm going to go ask God. And he runs away. (laughs) And he created a culture of asking God questions in his own life. He developed a lifestyle of prayer that stayed with him through his entire life. And those who knew him said he would rise at 4 or 5 a.m. to pray and start his day. So I love this story. So one day he says, God, what's the secret of the universe? And God says, that question is it's far too big for your mind. He said, ask again. He said, okay, what's the, why'd you create the earth? That question's far too big for your mind. Ask again. Okay, God, why'd you create plants? That question's far too big for your mind. But ask again. He says, okay, God. And he happened to have, where he lived, there was tons of peanut fields, but they were, they were not a cash crop back then. So they were almost like, they were of little, very little value because people haven't discovered what he's about to discover. God, what's the secret of the peanut? So God says, George, I'm giving you the secret of the peanut. I want to grant you the secret of the peanut. 
He says, take it inside your laboratory, separate it into water, fats, oils, gums, resins, sugars, starches, and amino acids. Then recombine them under my three laws of compatibility, temperature, and pressure. Then you'll know why I made the peanut. So through these tests, George discovered over 300 uses for peanuts not previously discovered. Some of these uses include chili sauce, caramel, mayonnaise, cosmetics, face powder, shampoo, shaving cream, hand lotion, insecticides, glue, charcoal, rubber, nitroglycerin, plastics, axle grease. And these were just a few of the many valuable products derived from peanuts that people didn't know about. So peanuts, once a non-cash crop by 1938, became a $200 million industry in the 30s and one of the chief products of Alabama, all because one, God, one person asked God a question, God, what's the secret of the peanut? God says, I'm going to show you the secret of the peanut. God knows our industries inside and out. He knows the answers for marriage he knows the answers for family struggles. We need to ask. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Ask and expect God to speak to you. God wants to give you answers and strategies from heaven. So it's not fake it until you make it. God doesn't want us to fake it. But it's faith it until you make it. Faith actually pleases God's heart. And so it's like, God, I'm going to step out in faith before I, I've ever... Saw someone healed, I just step out in faith and be like, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to faith it until I make it. <laughs> and that's where God meets us in that place of faith. Faith comes by hearing the rhema word of God, Romans 10, 17. So I always read that scripture and thought it meant faith came by hearing the, the Logos word, which is his written word. That scripture, it's actually faith comes by hearing the word of God, the spoken voice of God. In, your, in the still small voice, in dreams, whatever it is, some people have, ha have heard audible voice of God. That's where your face increase, in faith increases is when you hear the voice of God. So we need to practice hearing his voice, asking him questions. This is where our faith gets built is when we're asking him and he's speaking to us or we're just in his presence and he begins to speak to us. That's when our faith increases. As you practice hearing God's voice, your faith will increase. Joy had a dream about three and a half years ago and at that time we had about 20, 25 people in our church and you know, on a Sunday, 20 people in this room which has about 110 seats, it looked pretty small. And so... You know, we knew, there was never a question in our heart. We knew this is what we're supposed to do. But one night, Joy has this dream, and in the dream, this place is packed. And God says to her, speaks to her in the dream and says, the real problem you have is your building's too small. And that seemed, it seemed silly at the time. <laughs> because, man, if there was 30 people on a Sunday, we were like, wow, yes, you know. <laughs> And God says, he shows this place packed out, and he says, the real problem is your building's too small. So God speaking to Joy in a, green, in a dream, it gave us faith to keep going. It gave us faith like to be like, okay, we're on the right track. Let's keep going. Let's get even more bold with what we're doing. Amen? I love the box. They're, they're like two of my favorite people on the whole planet. They're there. And I wanted to tell a little bit about... Uh, Ken's testimony. Ken was healed of cancer many years ago. And in the middle of his 
chemo treatment, the Lord spoke to him audibly and says, you don't have to put that poison in your body anymore. So <laughs> Ken goes back to his doctor and says, hey, I'm done with chemo. And the doctor's like, no, you don't understand. You got to do this. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I'm healed and I'm done with chemo. And so the doctor kind of like, okay, well, it's your life, right? But that spoken word faith comes by hearing the word of God. That word that God gave him, gave him the faith to be like, nope, I'm healed. And then this is the right decision. And I'm walking in this. It's that spoken voice of God. For most of us, I've never heard the audible voice of God. My dad has, Ken has. But for most of us, it's that still small voice. Faith comes from hearing that voice of God, and it increases our faith. I remember, this is, this is a few years ago. This is before I really started getting words of knowledge and stuff. And I was at Starbucks standing behind a man, and I heard this word writer. And so I'm like, is this guy a writer? So I'm like, excuse me, um, are you a writer? And he's like, Yeah. And he starts telling me about all these books he's working on. He's like, well, I'm working on these two different books. And he's like, how did how'd you know I was a writer? This is what's interesting. Every time I've had a word of knowledge, almost every time I say, I feel like the Lord showed me. That's the word, the phrasing or something like that that I use. For some reason, well, this you're about to hear why. For some reason that time I said, I feel like Jesus told me that. <laughs> he goes, I'm a Jewish man. Those are the next words out of his mouth. This guy, though, had his, I had his complete, I should say God has his, had his complete attention. And I was able to share Jesus with him. But because God gave me that word, I heard that word, writer, it gave me the confidence to share Jesus with a Jewish man, which I would have probably not had. So it's that spoken word of God, hearing God's voice, practicing hearing God's voice will cause your faith to increase. You want more faith? Practice hearing his voice. Ask him questions. And yes, you can hear it when you're reading the word. If you're ever reading the word and the, that scripture jumps off the page, which I'm sure it's happened to most of us, that's the rhema word. All of a sudden, the logos becomes rhema. But I've had rhema words from Duck Dynasty. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I've had rhema words from billboards. I've had rhema words from numbers that I keep seeing. And, and often, God's speaking to me in that still, small voice. Even this week, I had this, this thing happen that was discouraging, and it was something that, that, uh, something that should have happened that didn't happen. And so I was like, that, but, but God, I was like planning on this happening here. <laughs> and I was discouraged for a second. And I sat down, and I was just like, okay, God, I'm a little discouraged here. What am I believing wrong? And he's like, Daniel, I have thousands of ways to get you where you need to be. Don't get discouraged because this one thing that you were hoping for didn't happen. I have thousands of ways to get you there. And it broke the discouragement almost instantly. It's like, okay, I trust you, God. You're getting me there. You've got so many ways that I don't even know about. I just need to keep coming into that place of presence and rest. And he's going to give me the direction. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We're living on that word from God, just him speaking to us. It's like it's our sustenance. We have to have it. Romans 4.20, it says, 
Abraham grew strong in faith. How did he grow in faith? You can grow in faith. How did he grow in faith? Because hearing God's voice. He grew in faith from hearing God. And as he heard God, his faith grew. This is how it works. So when things aren't going the way you planned or hoped, know that God has several solutions or several alternate options to still get you to the same place or even to a better place. God will get you there. Nothing can stop what God has for you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Nothing can stop what God has for you. There's only one thing that can stop what God has for you, and that's you giving up. Giving up on God, giving up on faith, that's the one thing that'll stop you. Outside of you giving up and just being like walking away from faith and be like, God, I'm done. Nothing can stop it. Sin can't stop it. Sin can't stop it. Sin's not a problem for God. He's taking care of sin. I'm not saying we should sin. Of course not. Sin will destroy your life. But when you have a sin issue, that's not strong enough to stop what God has for your life if you keep pointing your life towards God. Process won't stop it. Mistakes won't stop it. Failures won't stop it. God will still get you there. He can work through all of those things. Only thing he can't work through is you giving up and walking away because he won't override your will. Look at David. He accomplished fully what God called him to do in his life. And how many mistakes did he make? Pretty big ones. Has anybody killed their best friend and taken their wife lately? Made some big ones. And, and there's, when you read between the lines, I've read this, I just love reading about David. I've read First and Second Samuel and Second Kings so many times. You read between the lines, there's a lot more there that you don't even realize. He, so, but God got him where he was supposed to be because David would keep coming back to the Lord. Read Psalm 51. It's right after he made the mistake with Bathsheba. And he comes to the Lord and says, Oh Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. I believe that's why he was the apple of God's eyes because he kept coming back. Like, oh God, I, I really blew it. I'm so sorry. He kept coming back. He kept pointing his life towards the Lord. Thomas Edison says, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always just to try one more time. Outside of giving up, God will work through process, mistakes, failures to still get you there. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for people like David who continually face their life towards him again and again and again. So all of us want to be productive. But how can we be productive without striving? When you figure it out, let me know. No, I'm just kidding. When that, that'd be just a great pastoral message, just like, here's some questions, and if you guys know the answer, you could help me out, because I'm struggling. <laughs> All of us want to be productive, so how do we be productive without striving? Well, sometimes we need to laugh at the lie that we have to strive in order to be productive, especially if we grew up with, like, driver parents. I grew up with two entrepreneur parents, and they, like, they knew how to work, and so 
you can look at that and be like, oh man, that's hot. That's the ticket to success. Work, 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 push, push, strive, strive, strive. Even there's like a lie in our pop culture that's like, hustle, hustle. What's your side hustle? What are you doing? You got to keep hustling. Hustle, hustle, hustle. That's not how the way it works in the kingdom. How it works in the kingdom is presence and rest. You don't have to hustle. You can hustle, 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 and, and be doing nothing. You're like on that wheel, like the, the little rodent on the wheel. <laughs> but you can come into the presence of God and say, God, what's, what's the answer here? And in one second, he gives you the answer. That would have taken you a lifetime to figure it out, or maybe you never figured it out. You don't have to strive to be productive. God doesn't work through striving. Sometimes we need to laugh at the lie that a lot of activity equals progress. It looks like this. If I keep myself busy, I'm making progress. If I'm busy, 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 I'm making progress. But sometimes resting in his presence where there seems to be zero productivity is actually the thing that helps us progress the most. Just resting, getting off the rodent wheel and resting in his presence. God, what's your strategy for me for this day. Sometimes we strive because we believe if we don't, we won't have what we need. It's like, a, it's like a poverty mindset. Like if I don't strive, like life is about striving. And if I don't strive and if I'm not, you know, hustling, I'm not going to have what I need. So sometimes we need to laugh at the lie that we have any kind of lack in the spirit. David said, Psalm 23, 1, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He didn't say, because I work hard, because I strive, because I'm diligent, I shall not lack. No, he said, because the Lord is my shepherd, and I'm in this place with the shepherd, being led, I will not lack. Amen? So when we have opportunity to get things done, we need to approach them from that place of presence and rest with Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit what kind of things are actually important. Some people, and I'm probably one of them, have things that we do on, our, on a weekly basis that we need to eliminate. Because they're not actually what God's showing us to do. They're just things, things that we think are good things that we're supposed to do. God's teaching me in this season to delegate. It's like you can't keep doing everything you're doing and, and continue to grow as a church. You're going to have to delegate some of these things off to other people. But the Holy Spirit will show you what that looks like. He's really smart. <laughs> He's got the answers. Sometimes even just sit down with the Lord with a piece of paper. God, what is, what is it that I am actually supposed to be doing? And if, if that thing, if there's things that you're doing that don't show up in that piece of paper, find out how God wants you to delegate them. Amen. Take inventory of your life and ask God what's important. So I'm going to close today in Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read um, from Philippians chapter 4 in the Passion Translation. This is Paul speaking. It says, my dear and precious friends, whom I deeply love, you have truly become my glorious joy and crown of reward. Now arise into the fullness of your union with our Lord. This is what this message is about today. This is about stepping into the fullness of what it means to be united with the Lord, depending on him for everything. 
being in this place of presence and rest and expecting the answers to come, expecting him to bring the provision. Arise to the fullness of your union with the Lord. We're connected with him, seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. We're with Jesus. Let's go to verse 4. It says, be cheerful with joyful, or I'm sorry, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Verse 6, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. When we're depending on our knowledge of what's good and what we're supposed to do, we're, we can feel pulled in all these different directions. Don't be pulled in different directions. Don't be worried about a thing. But be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? It's that peace, that presence, that rest. In that place, God makes the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts, verse 8, continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. So this is from the Apostle Paul, who said, I've figured out the secret to be content in all seasons. No matter what's happening, no matter if it seems like I have everything or if I don't, I've learned to be content. He's giving us the secret. He actually says that later in that same chapter. He says it in Philippians 4. He's giving us the keys right here. This is how to be content in all things. This is how to live in peace and be directed by the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you so much that you want relationship with us. That just baffles us that you actually want relationship, that you're not calling us to be slaves, but you say, I no longer call you slaves and I'll call you friends. That you're calling us into friendship, that you're calling us into relationship. And so God, I just pray right now, God, that any, any one of us here that's just struggling with that, trying to perform, trying to do enough on our own, trying to do the hustle, that God, that you are teaching us and training us and bringing us into that place of presence and rest where you're speaking to us and our faith increases as we hear your voice. God, teach us to depend on you. Just like a child, like my two-year-old son, he depends on me. He depends so much on me. God, teach us how to be like little children to just depend on dad and to be in that place of presence and rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.